I came in my fucking pants. I know more about you than you think, Mason. Probably do. <laughs> but I don't know shit about you. Well, ask me something. Ask me anything you want. All right. How'd you get that fucked up scar up under your eye? God's still constipated. <laughs> this is Surviving the Game Spoilers. This is Spoilers. Interesting. Josh, what do you think Ice-T means by that? Gary Busey. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I was just getting some last-minute research <laughs> in before we started the pod. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think he's just homeless, so he's got, like, worms and stuff, right? <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> you don't think it could be because he ate, like, seven pounds of meat? <laughs> Raw meat. You don't think that could be why he's constipated? He's saying he's constipated, or the subtitle said God's still constipated. I think it meant like God, I'm still constipated. God, oh. still constipated. Oh, I thought it was like it hasn't rained in a while. Yeah, I thought it was like <laughs> philosophical. His friend was constipated enough he died. <laughs> died of meat sweats. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is there a connection there? He ate that much meat and died <laughs> of constipation maybe i think it was internal bleeding in the tummy but who knows derbs already off to a great pick by the way derbs whose profile picture on patreon is from return to paradise yes. oh wow <laughs> joaquin <Jeez>. phoenix's character <laughs> we have not given him enough street cred for that so well, at the at the stake at, before he gets no hung? happy or, or- Oh, Happy. oh okay. yeah. <laughs> the good times when the hash was mellow. Was to go around. The innocent, naive Joaquin. <laughs> well, Derbs is a Patreon, and he requested the Ice Tea Classic surviving the game. He had a little opening message for us. I kind of forgot about this opening question, so I have to think about it. But he says, Hey, y'all, if you haven't made the Surviving the Game podcast yet, which we hadn't, we're doing that right now, I'd like to change up my opening question. Feel like the previous one is kind of shite. Do you guys have any good camping slash being in nature stories, and or what's your favorite movie with an ensemble cast? Also, have you watched Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix yet? F. Murray Abraham is in episode three and slays it. F. Murray Kill. Yeah, F. Murray mm-hmm. Kill. Uh, we'll go east to east, Mikey. I think that's you, since Kylo isn't here today. Um, either or. Or both, he says. Camping trips, I can't really think of right off the bat because I don't go camping a lot. I like to have internet, like to have electricity, yeah. and I like to sleep in a bed uh, at the end of the night. So I don't have many camping stories, but I am watching Cabinet of Curiosities, and that is really cool. Uh, that's uh, It's like an anthology, sci-fi. A lot of it is like Cthulhu-based horror monster guys. Uh, but yeah, his F. Murray Abraham, uh, he ends up giving himself like an autopsy because he's controlled by, uh, an, uh, another entity. So it's pretty gory and cool. It's really, it's really good for Netflix. Hard yes so far. Yeah. There's only like eight or nine episodes. So it's an easy watch. They're like hour long episodes, but I've liked them all so far. <laughs> you turned the camping question into a TV show review, and I couldn't be more proud, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I got an idea I know for I know ensemble movie you like, you're a big fan of. You like the Oceans movies, right? Uh, Yeah, those are solid. 
ensemble movies. You said that was better than Lord of the Rings. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, overall, <laughs> top to bottom, I think uh, all of the Ocean's movies pass uh, the the uh, Return of the King for sure. Well, 12, 12's a one-time watch because it's in Europe. <laughs> no, because I think they Strong tried. Take. I think they tried too hard with the Julia Roberts stuff. Let's not take up all the ensemble movies. Stevie, I know you like a good ensemble movie, but also any good nature stories that come to mind? Um, good nature stories. Man, oh man, oh man. Um, well, in my younger days, like when I was like in the beginning of high school, I went up to like one of the most northern regions of Wisconsin and roughed it for four days straight. I had to dig my own hole and poop in it. And um, I also heard a mountain lion roar over a lake, and it was one of the scariest things I've ever heard in my life. How deep do you dig a poop hole? <sighs> well, it depends. The on, same depth as a man well, that you bury. It's, it's kind of one of those things <laughs> where it's feet. like, you know, how big are we thinking? You know? Mm, yeah. You kind of have to... Yeah, I have to judge it from there. I would use it as a trap <laughs> to get the big animals and not blow their brains out. <laughs> poop hole prank. <laughs> Classic poop hole Just throw prank. it in the lake. But um, what was the other part of this question? Ensemble movie? Yeah, movie with an ensemble cast. Ooh, I, part of me wants to say cats, but I know I can't. <laughs> um mm. So I will go. Yes, you can. I'm not gonna say it's like my favorite one. I'm not gonna say it's like the greatest ever, but I think it's a fantastic one. That is Tropic Thunder. The cast in that Ooh. is amazing. The writing is brilliant, and I will go to my grave Richard. saying that that is one of the funniest movies to come out in the 2000s. Brett, have you seen Tropic Thunder yet? Just part of it. No. Oh, that is insane to me that you haven't seen that movie. And it has one of my favorite lines, like that's so obscure that I say quite a bit. A dog don't hunt. No, um, <laughs> that's Nick a great Gold- one though. That dog just ain't gonna hunt. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> Nick Nolte plays a uh, <laughs> pretty much a Vietnam War veteran who has hooks for hands, and Tom Cruise plays a movie producer. And when Tom yeah. Cruise is trying to relay information over this movie meeting, Nick Nolte starts to talk, and Tom Cruise says, who the fuck is that? And that's when Nick Nolte gives out his name, and he ends it with, wrote the book! And it's one of my favorite lines of the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Want to make this movie right? That's why you take your pansy-ass actors. Who is this guy? Uh, Les, that's uh, Four Leaf. Sergeant Four Leaf Tayback. I wrote the book. Oh. You're a great American. This nation owes you a huge debt. Now shut the fuck up and let me do my job. That's right up there with you, fell. Yeah, it's it's a great one. Josh, you got any favorite ensemble cast movies slash being in nature stores? You're, you're one to be in nature. You enjoy a bike ride, a walk in the woods. <laughs> Sure, I've done my fair share of camping, actually. And speaking of camping, uh, Predator is one of my favorite ensemble cast movies. Ooh, yeah, my boy. Don't you think that has a lot of parallels to this movie that we're about to cover? Yeah, definitely. The Dreadlocks? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good point. <laughs> the glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Constipation. I will say Ice-T is an awesome Predator, but... Uh, 
that's not what I had in mind. PGs <laughs> um, kind of derailed me, but I have camped quite a bit and had quite a few good times. But I think there was one time, I think it was recently after my second daughter had been born and I hadn't been just like by myself for a while. And I was with some people like, you know, outside of the house and I was with a couple guys, including my brother-in-law, who's hooked me up with like so much camping gear over the years. And we were staying like a long weekend at the Deem Wilderness area in like Brown County, Indiana. It's an awesome place. It's a great place. But we were camping down there. And on like the second day where we just had nothing to do, I was out in the canoe. I think I was even meditating a little bit just in the canoe. I'm terrible at meditating. I don't really do that anymore. But... I was just having like a good time just trying to relax consciously and this freaking bald eagle like flew overhead (laughs) and it was pretty awesome. Uh, It didn't like go in the water and like grab anything, but you could tell it was kind of like looking for something. It was looking at you. It was like there for I sent you a message. You know what I mean? (laughs) It was like a sign. I don't I still don't know what that sign may have been (laughs) if that's the case, but I was just like this is cool. This is kind of like where I'm supposed to be just like recharging, but beautiful sight. Good stuff. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I like being in nature too. This is Pappy. We're going from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I got to be honest though, Derbs. I've never camped though. Not once in my life. I mean like what? backyard, like like in a tent in a backyard or like at your grandparents with your brother like type thing kind of, but not, not really. I don't. I don't know. I like being in nature, though. I like going on hikes and everything. Yeah, hiking stories probably, but not like mm-hmm. camping stories. You never camped in uh, like Rocky Mountain National when you lived out there. Hell no! I just drove back home. It was only like an hour away. Why don't I sleep in my bed? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's typically what I would do. I would say that like, one of my favorite things about being in nature is like I do like like Stevie said the poop hole. Being able to pee outside is really fun. Um, it's freeing. And in the apartment Mikey and I lived in in college, uh, we made all of our guests pee outside, which mm-hmm. I don't know, it's kind of bad now saying it out loud. But yeah, w- none of us were willing to share our bathroom. So we just said the bathroom was the porch. <laughs> and honestly, it was a good time. I think everyone enjoyed it. Like it was like a feature, not a bug <laughs> of the apartment. You didn't make um, a poop off the balcony, did you? No, I mean, number two is number two. But like, we're just talking, you know. I'm so glad my bald eagle story is getting buried underneath pissing off your deck in college story. Like, <laughs> thank you, sir. It's more relatable. Josh, you want to hear a similar story of mine? Mm-hmm. Of your bald eagle experience? Yes. I mean, it's a little more traumatic. It's, it's not traumatic, but like it was really cool to see. My cousin and I were fishing on a canoe on a river, and we saw a pike literally drown a duck, and it was the Whoa, coolest thing nice. in the world. Seeing a duck... Like screaming for its life and flapping its wings as hard as it can, and then all of a sudden, funk, just pulled under the water was it's one of the coolest sad, things in the dude. world. Well, ducks are awesome. That, so pike eat ducks. Well, I'm I'm just saying, like as far as nature goes in the circle of life, that was dude. cool as fucking shit. Can I tell you something too, Stevie? Yes. Do you know Steve Hooley? You know the Hooleys, right? Yes. He's like a wilderness man. He's like DNR in a southern state now, but. He lived in Alaska for a time doing that sort of stuff. And he was taking a hike by himself in the woods near a shoreline in Alaska. And he heard a rumbling 
and like where he was standing, like where the water started, it was a huge cliff face underwater. So it was actually like super deep right off the shoreline. And the mm-hmm. rumbling led to him looking out over the shore, which was just like 10 or 15 yards away. And like, I think a sperm whale breached up like mouth first, grabbing fish mm-hmm. and shit. And it was like, as this head was as big as, as a car. <laughs> he got to see that like right next to him. Did he beach and like unbeach himself? No, 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 no. It, it didn't beach. Oh. It was just like, it oh, broke okay. the surface. It like, breached. That's uh, okay. I was going to say, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I don't know. I think about that story all the time, even though it didn't happen to me. It's so cool. That is amazing. I mean, it's not peeing off your balcony, but yeah, it's all Dude, right. I thought um, I got you to drop that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess part two, super quick, is if Clue? Stevie, would you say Clue is an ensemble cast? 110%. What, what counts as ensemble cast? Like, how many people got to be in this thing? What, five? I think five is a minimum, right? Five and like three, at least, where you're like, oh, it's that guy from that thing. I feel like yeah. that's a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. Brett, last but not least, I know you're scared of spiders. Have you ever had like a showdown? Hey, in nature yeah, yeah. That's, that's what my story is about. Let's go. Good guy. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm sure it's been mentioned on the pod. I'm severely arachnophobic. Um, I was in college, but on summer break, and a couple people I knew when we went out and got a little campsite and set up some tents. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sleeping in a tent, but we would sit around the fire and drink and stuff like that. And then they're like, Brett, you should sleep in this tent. I said, no, I'm not going to sleep in there. There's spiders in there. And they literally went in there with the flashlights. They looked around. They're like, Brett, we checked every inch of that tent. There are no spiders in there. I said, all right. Hey, who was checking those inches? Who was it specifically? Justin Smith. I, I, I trust him. You know, Justin. He's honest with a good eye. I agree. Yeah, and I don't. I, I actually believe that he'd look, but... I was not in there. I'm not joking. For 30 seconds, when a spider crawled on my face, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I got out of there. I got out of there, and they're like, "What?" I'm like, "There's a spider in there," and they went. <laughs> and Justin goes, "Yeah, that's a big one," and he killed it. And I said, "Yeah, I'm sleeping in my car." So that's the last time I ever got in a tent, I believe, and that's the last time I ever will get in a tent. When I go camping, I sleep in my car. Or my parents' old RV. Can't believe I didn't think about that. I'll let that one go. Wait, what? 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 I have an amazing tent story. Tent it's, not spider. it's not spider, is it? Tell us how you survived the game. Come on. <laughs> Man, okay. So in college, where I attended university, there was this thing called the water bowl. And every year, they would have this thing. I think it was called Dancing in the Dark. And it's where... A lot of rave people and hippies and carnival people would go out and kind of jam out there for a night or two. And me and my roommates, two of my roommates decided, let's take um, some um, mind-altering you know, stuff before we head out there. Hey, now. <laughs> Jeez. And, well, I mean, they're organic. You can find them in the wilderness. Ah, that sounds like a terrible time. No, it was uh, okay. So, <laughs> long, long story short, we there was only three of us, and we got a twelve-person tent from Walmart. That's how stupid we were, and we set up this castle around these dirty-ass hippies and people that did not want. I mean, we're talking like face tattoos before they were popular. Oh. Um, like people like walking about, like they did not like us there, and so we were setting them up. 
And this is like when it started to like kick in for the three of us. And right when we got our in our tent, this giant storm came. And it's not going to sound as funny like when I say it over audio, but one of our one of my roommates is like kind of like a I want to call him a square, but like really uptight, even though he did this with us. And he was making, like, he was checking all the stuff over the tent, make sure everything was fine before the storm hit. And this storm is raging, and the tent is going twenty feet in the air and down. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was in our minds, like it was like intense. <laughs> and I'll never forget because I'm pretty sure I laughed for two hours straight when my roommate, who just visited me this past week for Thanksgiving from Florida, he looked at me and he goes, "Stevie, did you put those stakes in that I told you to put in the ground?" And my other roommate shot up with this giant bundle of steaks in his hands. It goes, do you mean these? <laughs> and I laughed for two hours straight. <laughs> That's what happened to the tent? Was it salvaged or was it? Um, no, the hippies got mad that we were there and they started throwing beer bottles at us. And Whoa. we had to pack Ooh. up and call one of our roommates. And Yeah, they're not yeah. tattoos and throwing beer bottles. I don't. That sounds more like no. White they trash. weren't like the friend. They weren't the friendly hippies. They were like the dirty ones. Pappy, can I unload something too? Please unload. Bathroom break. When I was in high school, me and some friends were camping, and we were using Joel Miller's tent, and he had to leave early for a soccer game. And for some reason, <laughs> during the in the morning, we decided to blow up a diet coke can in the fire, and it wow. shot. It shot hat coals and a piece of wood onto the tent and burnt holes in it. Oh, no. And I just like kind of packed it up and left it at Joel's house. He's so nice, Josh. This guy stinks. I feel so. Whoa. It's one of my cringiest moments. Dude, I could have shared this you know on expensive the expensive tents are the Napoleon Dynamite podcast, like most embarrassing high school moments like this. This could have been easily. One of them. I, I'm so sorry, uh, Darlene and Lynn. I'm an asshole. Please forgive me. They don't listen. <gasps> they don't listen. Your apology means nothing. Maybe the message yeah. will get to them, you know? No, you never why don't you be a man and call them? <laughs> <laughs> Send them like a couple bills in the mail. Actually, that's a pretty good uh, idea. Send them a letter with a bunch of burnt holes in it and be like, this was your tent. I did that. <laughs> Josh, that was probably a Christmas gift from somebody or something. Passed uh, down generation to generation. Oh, Baba. Through the family. All right, let me, f- wow. let me finish up and then we can get yeah, going. Yeah. Okay, so it's I could say something obvious like the Godfather or Godfather 2 or whatever, but I, without thinking too hard about this, I'm going to go with uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. That's any, fantastic. Pretty much any Wes Anderson movie are up there for me with unbelievable ensemble cast. So that's what I'm going to say. I did see Sister Jen on a date this weekend, Stevie. She was on that pod. Hey, hey, easy with the names there. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> she's she's cool. made an appearance she's, she's on, the on the pod before. Yeah. That's true. Friend of the pod. That guy seemed nervous, by the way. Probably. Bleep yeah. that out. Okay. I, I think no. it was the first time. It, Josh, it was the first time they met, so he probably was nervous. Okay. Not as enough. nervous. As Ice-T when he's trying to survive <laughs> the game. <laughs> what a segue. What a segue. We get a solid 10 minutes of establishing who Ice-T is. I actually think he's pretty good in this movie. I, I really like him Gary as Busey's a character. Better. Oh, I mean, listen, <laughs> obviously. But, Mikey, can you tell us about Ice-T's life in Seattle in the mid-90s? What's, what's his day-to-day? 
Uh, he's, uh, he's homeless and he's, uh, there's a reason that he's homeless and it's his own faults and it's a very dark backstory that he says later on in the movie, but, um, he Manchester by the seed, his family. Yeah, pretty much. Jesus yes. Christ. But his whole family. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> Well, he, no, yeah. well, he wasn't there, so it wasn't his. He, I mean, he didn't like you know leave to get, go get more booze. He didn't light a match and throw it on the f- apartment or whatever. They were but. both yeah. gone, and it was their fault, and it involved burning. So, but as of now, he only has a dog, <laughs> and that dog just died. It just got <laughs> it just got hit by a car. Mingo. So he's not Rest having a great day. Uh, as soon as we meet him, uh, but he does have a friend, an old guy. Who also dies very soon. <laughs> so. Like the same day, right? Yeah. Pretty much within 24 hours. Yeah. There's at least two hard cuts to that gravesite within five minutes. <laughs> so he's digging one for his dog and digging one for his friend Hank. I, I don't know. Like we talk about like the tone of the of the last movie that we did, The Guest. Uh, I feel like I know exactly what kind of movie this is when Ice T's dog gets hit and the cabbie just starts screaming at him for money like it's God, just so absurd like it's just ridiculous it's your dog friend of mine man well you give me money now i want my money get off get off oh my God. Yeah. Look, man i don't want no trouble i just want to get this dog yeah, well what about my taxi yo guy? fuck your taxi man what do you want me to do i also don't appreciate the editing here they're cutting mm. between the people you know, the guys on the island playing the most dangerous game. You leave that alone, Josh. You well, fuck off right now and leave that editing alone. It is perfect. You like the cutting back and forth between the dog I died? love it. How does a dog getting <laughs> hit by a car equate getting hunted by men? Josh, <laughs> this movie moves at such a breakneck speed. There's no fat. You know exactly what you're getting the second that we see wilderness and a fucking screaming eagle coming over in the background to ice tea just i mean it's going back and forth nonstop, and i love it <laughs> is it an eagle or a hawk because we hear that you thing 17 know. times you, eagle. you're the eagle expert dude yeah. do we hear that thing like 30 times in this movie <laughs> it's part of the beat at one point i could have heard it 30 more 30 more times it's like easily. an Aaliyah song <laughs> You're being a little harsh, Josh. It's got the budget of two X-Files episodes, okay? It's it's a two-part X-Files episode. And it had to go to an amazing cast, most of the yeah. budget. Just let me propose one thing. I just think the hunting on the island should be a cold open, and then we get into iced tea, instead of cutting back and forth. I, mm-hmm. I think it could cover the same amount of time. I, I just mean, don't you're want, not wrong. I just don't want to see the back and forth. Right, you mentioned the beat. The music in this opening part's weird. Like I, it's like jazzy, but it's also it's eighties. It, it, yeah. It's weird. I mean, like it's Stuart Copeland, so maybe that's why. But like of the police, if this was nineteen, 19- right? Yeah, yeah. If this was eighty-five, I mean, it's kind of like synthy. And I had to stop for a second, and be like, "Oh, this is eighties." I'm like, "Oh crap, no, this is ninety-four. So it was a little weird. But hey, he's the multi-million-dollar musician. I'm not. So, but Brett, I think it's like cinematic law, though. In the nineties, if you have like. If you're in a city with establishing shots and there's rain, you have to have Moody Blues music. Yeah, like, that's true. That's like <laughs> law of cinema. Wait, but you mean Moody Blues, not 
the Moody Blues, the band, right? No, the I just mean like Moody, okay. like jazz blues. Like, so watch, you don't want to hear Nights in White Satin? Watch any Richard Gere movie from 1987 to 2002. There's always Moody Blues in it. I want to get to Charles S. Dutton. Uh, who, who I love Charles S. Dutton I, so I, much. I do want you guys just to keep one thing in the back of your mind, okay? If you ever find a gun, always check the barrel first. <laughs> right? Just remember that for later, okay? Uh, but yeah, Charles S. Dutton, Stevie of Rudy fame, also a lot of other things. <laughs> he is He's my favorite character. Incredible. Um, and I still don't understand why he chose Ice T. I don't get it. You could see it in like, the pigs and stuff. So he, he, I don't know. He's the scout. He's the one oh. that goes out there and finds all the talent. Brett's right. The pigs. As my dad would say it's in the script. No, the pigs the pig speech. That's it, mm-hmm. Brett. Cole's the real expert. There's a poem Yates wrote. Miss Cole, could you tell that this meat would be this glorious while the boar was still breathing? Oh, yeah. I was pretty sure about it. Well done. Mm-hmm. How could you tell? Well, it takes some experience, but you learn what to look for. <laughs> I mean, you consider the, uh, you know, the animal's age, um, what condition it's in. Mm-hmm. It's hair. Mm-hmm. It's musculature. How it was raised, you know? You can pretty much tell. But, like, how? I don't know. Can we just stop and talk real quick about how amazing it is that we have Ice T, Charles S. Dutton, John C. McGinley, and F. Murray Abraham all in one cast? Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. Mm-hmm. An ensemble of initials. Also, John C. McGinley, I believe, Five Movie Club. He plays the same character in all five movies. What makes Charles Dutton your favorite character, though, Brett? Why do you love him so much? Well, I just, I, I like that actor, but he's, like, no one flips like him. That's not, like, we were talking about editing earlier. I love the fact that they have this big meal, it, and then they wake up in the morning, and it's not like, hey, we're going to eat breakfast. And then, like, eight minutes later, they're like, oh, you need to run. It's, I'm going to wake you up with a desert eagle in your face. I completely flip from the nice guy to a freaking psychopath i love that part and again i love him in the movie rudy so i don't know how to reconcile <laughs> him on the street giving a really impassioned plea for like ice tea to get his life together with <sighs> it was the exact same speech as rudy <laughs> maybe the <laughs> You're five foot <laughs> <laughs> do you guys know what i mean i feel like i had a lot of anger it's coming from a sincere place, it seems like, at the beginning of the movie. It seems like, yeah. That's mm-hmm. why he's good at it, though. No, he's just trying to make sure no one's going to look for him. That's all he's doing. What do you mean? You don't have any contacts, right? Uh, You're no family at all? No one from the outside <laughs> world loves you. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> Are you sure no one will look for you? What's your social security number? Are you sure you have no one's house to go to? You will call a family or a relative. <laughs> You could go missing tomorrow and no one would ask any questions. <laughs> Is that right what I'm saying? No one would ask any questions. Dude, you better you better try a little harder if you're trying to manhunt me. I'm going to spot that a mile away. All right? I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. get manhunted. Not me, pal. Ice-T, yeah. I mean, I, I get that he's not skeptical at this part, but Josh, once like Rucker Howard's in the picture and he's making him like run for him and, you know... I don't, I don't know. It gets a little creepy at that point. Like There should have been alarm bells going off. Brett's right. The scene where they wake him up 
and it's like a fever dream as they push him out of the house. I think that's really well shot. There's like some first person. A lot of Dutch angles. Yeah, Mm. Dutch angles. Mm. You get, uh, what's his name in Scrubs? Brett. Johnson. No, I want to call him Dr. Cox tonight, fellas. That's what I'm going (sighs) to do. Okay, that's fine. Dr. Cox, like... John Cox McGinley. He spits at the camera. He does. (laughs) It's awesome. He's a psycho in this movie. Like, I mean, he's always a psycho. He's the one that comes around. He's the worst character. I know, but like the lead up to, he is just a live wire. Like, he is on edge the whole time. It almost seems racist how mean he is to Ice-T for no reason before this hunt starts. Uh, He's a little... A little weird about it. You think he's the worst? Let's yeah. yeah. Let's get into the okay. So like R- Rucker Hauer and Charles S. Dutton get Ice T to the island. If you've read Most Dangerous Game, Woo-hoo. you you know what's what's up. I feel like everybody. It's like a freshman classic, right? Freshman, yeah. Freshman you had English. To read your freshman year, yeah. I read it in junior high, but yeah, that's cool. Oh, Ooh, oh cool, Josh. Wow. Shout out to Mister Free, even though he hates me for some reason, but mm, I get it. Mm. Unfollowed me on Facebook. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Nah, I got Dude, you. we are dropping a lot of names tonight. It's <laughs> unbelievable. By the way, in the Napoleon Dynamite episode where you bleed out the name, then literally nine seconds later you say the whole name again without bleeding it out. It's really it's classic spoilers. <laughs> so I think it was you that said it, actually. And it like Went under the edit. I think it was Peppy, but it could have been me, I guess. They had long forgotten about it by that point. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Anyway. Right. So we're 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 talking most dangerous game here. We're gonna hunt some men. But like we have to meet the cast of hunters. It's a little bit different than the book, right? I mean a lot different than the book. The hunters are being or paying Rucker Hauer to do this. Josh, you said Dr. Cox, aka John C. McGinley. Is was your least favorite? I, mm-hmm. I thought F. Murray Abraham was my least favorite. Why? I guess tell us about John C. McGinley, Doctor Cox first. Uh, so I guess this is considered an ensemble cast kind of movie. And anytime I'm in one of these movies, in my mind, I'm always editing out like which character doesn't really need to be there, and he really just doesn't serve like a purpose to the plot as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think that Ice T shows mercy. At other times, and maybe even more poignantly throughout the movie, he doesn't need like. There's no beat that needs to be here. I in in an hour thirty minute movie, like they could have lingered on a couple other scenes, like a little bit. I feel like Mikey kind of almost he didn't exactly say it, but he kind of nailed it when he's kind of like the live wire character. He's like the crazy. Now you could have just gone with Gary Busey. Right, I that's guess, what I was gonna say. That's he, the dies, so, he dies so Gary early. Busey dies way too early. They mm-hmm. had to kill him off. Darth Maul syndrome, man. Darth Maul syndrome. I thought Dude. he was going to come back because he like nobody saw him die, but <laughs> a burned Busey. He might have been the biggest actor in '94. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He F- was like F- the Murray. star. F. Murray won an Oscar. Well, he was the most respected. Yeah. I mean, he's an Academy Award winning actor. I love F. But like Busey was pretty big mid '90s. Pappy, I really wanted to ask you with the casting. Mm. Do you think Gary Busey and Rutger Hauer could have been flipped or like? I don't know. Did you have any thoughts like that? I like how Howard's kind of calm, the calm psycho. I wish John C. McGinley's character was more like stoic crazy. You know what I mean? Like 
because we, we already have Gary Busey, who's a live wire. At one point, like John C. McGinley's fucking just shooting at trees in the woods, screaming like, I see him, I see him. Like, I, I didn't even know he was supposed to be from Texas until the end. When he's like, shut I'll up, you dumb take my shot again. Andy has yeah. the inhaler. He's lost his mind. He has the inhaler thing. Is that a shout out to Lord of the Flies? I don't know. It just, like, why does he have so many little character traits? It's a little forced. The inhaler is stupid. Like, it should have served any kind of purpose in the movie. It's a weird little. little it uh, shows him his, his sympathy, like, his empathy. I mean, again, it's hard to be empathetic for someone who hunts people, but, like, it shows that Ice-T's character is not a murderer. And now he says that many times out loud, but he also shows it a few times. And I think that's what gets, he finally, that's what John C. McGinley's demise happens because he actually's like, this is a real person. He could have killed me. He didn't. I'm done with this crap. I, I have more to live for than this. Do you like the inhaler though? You were sighing. <sighs> Seems like something you would not like. I love this movie. Um, but unfortunately it has a thing where it has the wrong main character and I feel like father and son point of view or John C. McGinley point of view is a much stronger film than what we get with Ice-T. I think that's how it was going to be originally was told from their point of view. Then they switched it at some point. I really think the father son angle is so much stronger than like what we get with just iced tea. And I feel like that could be like a really strong, dramatic movie. And I said, I love this movie. It works perfect in the 90s. It's my favorite era of film. I know I feel like there was a lot of information coming out about these characters where you're just like, well, that could have been a better movie. Yeah, I would say these four wackos are pretty entertaining. They're like all different types of weird MAGA guys. And it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty fun to watch them all like die in hilarious ways. Oh, dude. Hey. <laughs> well, they're just like weird alpha male. We know where these guys were January 6th, right? We know. <laughs> these guys, I don't know. They all think like they're army vets or something and all of them are just like talking out of their ass about all of this stuff and gary Busey is kind of pulling it off as a wacky cia interrogator psychologist and he has a really awesome monologue that i thought was like pretty good yeah. for this movie apparently he wrote that himself oscar worthy about bro. It. oscar worthy it's really good and then he just kind of like dies like five minutes later so <laughs> i don't know well because it wasn't really supposed to be in the script like rutger howard told a story that and he was actually kind of ticked about it. What do you mean? It was supposed to be like his scene, Rucker Howard's scene at the table. And uh, apparently Gary Busey came in and he'd written that whole monologue and he wanted to try it. And Rutger Howard said he felt like it was Gary Busey trying to steal his scene. But like, and even like after he said it, Rucker Howard like tried to discredit it during the scene by like calling it BS or whatever. But like people loved it so much that they kept the story in there and they cut out Rucker Howard's saying it's BS. Like, so like they liked it so much because let's face it, it's psychotic. And if I ever heard someone did that to a bulldog, I would shoot somebody. I mean, I hate that. I hated that story, but it was awesome. My father gave me a handful of cherry bombs in M80s and said, you're going to train this dog to be a protector. So every Saturday afternoon, I got behind a little dummy my dad built and I'd toss these cherry bombs in M80s at the dog. Boom, boom. That dog was scared at first, but after a while he got angry and he would come at the dummy. Well, he'd get the dummy and rip it apart. Head was off, shirt was gone. 
So, 13 years old, birthday time, got me a 12-gauge shotgun. <laughs> We're going hunting. I was so excited. We went out in the clearing in the woods. My dad laid his gun down, took my gun and laid it down and said, son, today you're going to learn to control your emotions. You're going to do things that some men are unable and unwilling to do. Follow me. I followed my dad. We went around a clump of trees. There's a little corral built. There's Prince Henry Stout chained in the middle of the corral. My dad took out a pocket full of cherry bombs and put them in my hand and said, get in the corral. Here's a lighter. I want you to light those cherry bombs and throw them at the prince. You're going to face manhood. You're going to fight that dog to the death. The slow zoom in was perfect. It reminded me of um, Michael's speech in The Godfather or like Quint's speech in uh, Jaws. It just, when you do that slow zoom in and you have an actor that can hold your attention, it works brilliantly. When he does the reaction, when he's remembering the dog's like neck snapping specifically, there's a real weird look in his eyes and I wonder if Gary's <laughs> killed someone. But oh this isn't a true Gary crime. Gary was never pod. the same after his motorcycle accident in the early 80s and then he like literally slowly and slowly started to lose his mind. So Really sad. The story's not true though, right? I saw a lot of people putting in YouTube comments that this is based on a true story. I don't think that's... No. No. I don't think that's true. He just wrote it. That's what I heard. All of these guys are... Really awesome actors compared to Ice T, and we got to follow around Ice T so much more than dude. The Ice T can act circles around that sun. The sun is the worst <laughs> actor in the whole movie. Dude, but, I mean, I yeah. laughed. Daddy, can anybody no, else Dad. laugh out loud? <laughs> Dad, 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 I'm falling. Help! Do something. He's like squeaks from basketball. He wishes he was that cool. Dad, if, if you rip on me thirteen or fourteen more times, I'm gonna get really pissed. I'm out of here. <laughs> Yeah, at least I'm on the team. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you are a little bitch. <laughs> but now that we met the players, this takes us to the hunt itself. We talked about how, like, when it gets released, and it's that like intense walk through the house with Dr. Cox spitting on the camera, John C. McGinley. Uh, what? I'm curious. Movie aside, what's your strategy, Brett? Like, you're in this exact same position. Ooh. Uh What's it, where do you go? What do you do? Being out of shape and a smoker for 18 years, I'd probably just sit there and be like, all right, I'm not – just kill me when you're done with it. Can I eat dinner with you? And you could, can I eat breakfast? It's a nice leisurely breakfast with you. <laughs> no, Brett, hide right outside the door and then grab them when they come out. Don't run at all. Yeah. I'd have to probably try to make sure I got a gun, I guess, because that's probably my only chance. But I don't know, man. I mean – you got to go traps and try to separate them, I guess, like he did. But that's tough, man. That's tough. Find water, follow the current, find society. Mm-hmm. And it's the water is so loud in the wilderness, it would cover up any noise you make. Less tracks to no tracks. Yeah, it, it'd be, yeah. Very predator too, Josh, being in the water. But yeah, I, I told Brittany, I said, if he can avoid drowning, this has got to be his best chance to live, is take that river all the way till... Where it leads, I guess. But the the advantages these guys give themselves, it's like, you're not making this a hunt at all. You're, this, you're just... That took me out of the movie so quickly, Mikey. I hated it. Yeah, they just hop on ATVs immediately. It's like, of course you're going to fucking catch up with him. He's on foot. That's how the book is. You guys apologize for the Predator using all sorts of technology. Why can't they hop on some ATVs? I don't that understand. That dog just ain't going to hunt. I mean, I want to see these guys like tracking. 
Like that would have been cool. That's a true test of skill. Charles S. Dutton like was really good at tracking and stuff. Mm. Stevie Wonder could see the tracks because he's not actually blind, by the way. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just Google it. You'll see. Trust me. <laughs> okay. People think that he's not blind, right? I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Have you ever seen Stevie Wonder's kids? No. Neither is he. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like a music cue <laughs> when you said that. <laughs> Mike, you got any parts from the, the initial hunt that stood out to you? I mean, he just kind of like runs around in circles and doubles back. Yeah, doubles back and... He, uh, uh, when he gets back to the cabin, he, uh, kind of breaks open that locked door that he saw earlier and, uh, he finds a bunch of heads from previous, I would assume homeless people that they've hunted before. So, and then he just burns it down. Uh, I don't know if that was the smartest idea. I think, I don't know. It's a good idea. He just doesn't execute it well because none of these dudes die. He only gets one, apparently. <laughs> but he has to push him back into the burning house. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. He didn't pull it off he right. He tried. He didn't do it right. He shot a shot. He missed. Did anybody else wish that all the heads were just Hugh Jackman clones? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. Twins and clones. <laughs> There's a shot where Gary Busey flies through the burning building door with a knife like held up, and it's like a close-up oh. of his face. It's, it's so ridiculous. He's sprinting towards the camera. That's like a direct shot of another movie, though. There's a one movie that made that really famous. I can't remember which one it is. With the heads? No, with Gary Busey flying out the door like that. It was shot like identical to it. I'm trying to think of what scene that's from. I'm just saying with Gary when he like drops the knife because Ice-T doesn't have a knife. And he's like, all right, we're going hand to hand. That's totally like a predator move, right? Like, Just like the prince. Going hand to hand now. I got a question. Do you think it would have been wise for F. Murray Abraham to like give his son a heads up? What they were doing or like your dad works on Wall Street, you gotta know. That's why if like they did a movie in that point of view, it would have been a really strong reveal. Well you would have needed a stronger actor. You need a stronger actor and you gotta rework a little bit of that character because it's so weird that he's just like this red herring sympathizing with Ice T. But then at the end of the day, he's like, I'll help you kill Ice T, but then I'm never talking to you again. Yeah, yeah I thought he was gonna <laughs> I, I actually said to Brittany, I go, he's gonna try to save him, isn't he? And you better pay for my private college, Daddy. <laughs> Why don't they show him splatting, by the way? Very disappointing. You need to see a dummy hit the ground. Yes. That's what I need I, to see. I want to see the dummy hit the ground, exactly. When I see jumps off the cliff into that water, that looks pretty bad, too. This movie doesn't do it's so bad. people mm-hmm. falling very well. And he went straight down like that's not, yeah, no, it was bad. Right after that, there's one little scene in here, and like not trying to go scene by scene, but I feel like this one's worth an in-depth discussion. Stevie, what happens with Ice T and the Wolf? And why is this in this movie? Three wolves in the movie. You're talking about when he just says nice doggy and runs away? Yeah, isn't that so weird? <laughs> like, what? And they don't bring back the wolf? But I don't know, it's just weird. Like, it's a weird little scene. So that is weird to me, especially with the way, like, how animal control works on, like, films. And just, it's weird to me that they would even decide to, like, bring that in. Like, hey, we need to get a handler. Let's get a wolf. And, you know what I mean? It's just, it was odd. It had, it had no place in the movie at all. 
Did you think it was funny? Because I feel like it's trying to be no. funny. Yeah. I did not find it funny. I was wondering if it was like trying to imply that like, oh, Ice-T is like inherently good with dogs specifically because mm, he, had that dog in, he had that dog in the beginning and all that. Ooh. And then he stopped that guard dog. Right. We didn't even talk about that guard dog in the guard. The guard is as unhinged as anybody. <laughs> yeah. He's out for fucking blood. That guard was ready to kill. Shoot first, ask questions later. You're a fool going there. You know, they got watchdogs all over the place. I ain't got known this dog longer than I've known you. They never listen to me. Hey, Hank, you know about this? <laughs> Come here, dog. Yeah. So. Hey, we had enough for lots of folks. Well, well, I finally caught your ass. We're just hungry. Come on, give us a break, will you? No, man, we don't want no trouble. We'll give it back. The hell we're putting it back. It's already contaminated with your filth. I, that's just what I thought was that it was supposed to imply that he was like good with animals or something. He says a line early in the movie like, just because I've had to sleep on the floor doesn't mean I'm an animal. And there's a couple of references to kind of like homeless people being lower than human. Maybe that's why the beginning of the movie was edited the way it was, Josh. Mm. The parallel, the dog. Mm. <laughs> But you didn't think of that, did you? You can't hear it, but my mind is just blowing over here. (laughs) (laughs) Not as mind blown as when John C. McGinley found the cigarette prank. Mikey, were you impressed with Ice-T's skills here? He's really starting to level up over the course of this fight. The cigarette prank being he just kind of like smoked three cigs and (laughs) stuck them in a tree and then snuck up behind John C. McGinley. Is that what he did? tactical genius yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a real solid snake there uh that was a good good prank i guess he got him pretty good um but ice tea i mean we get the scene of them in the cave of him like holding him john c mcginley hostage but dude you got to kill these people man there uh, there's absolutely no reason for you to not think that they're just gonna find you back in society and just kill you there i don't know like, they're unhinged enough to kill you in the wilderness. I guess they're unhinged enough to f- hunt you down back in civilization. They gave him their word that if he made it back to civilization. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a white guy's word that he's not going to kill me. Okay. Sure. Here's my thing with the iced tea monologue that where he tells us that, like, his family died in the fire in an accident. And that's why he feels so guilty, like... If you're going to have two monologues in the movie, you should probably have Ice T's first because Gary Busey's is just way fucking better. And it's way too like similar and it's just not as good. I, I don't know. Josh, did that move you at all? Ice T's story? You're a family man. It's a tragic story. I had already seen Manchester by the Sea. So I, I really do feel like they had to kill Gary Busey off because he was out acting and out crazing everyone. Yeah, but up the crazy. What? Up it. Up the crazy. I think Rutger Hauer was behind that. Get this guy out of here. (laughs) It sounds like it. I love Rutger Hauer, but the ensemble cast, I I don't know. I I think Gary. I thought Rutger Hauer was the worst actor in this. Gary Busey was pretty boring. That scene where he's like just watching them fight each other in the woods is pretty cool, though. Why does he have the red eyes later? 
in that screenshot that you sent over. Because he's the devil. The wolf. The wolf Dude, he has the red eye camera thing and they don't bother to take it out, but it looks freaking awesome. Are we assuming that they're eating these hobos as well? Where, where's the rest of these bodies? What? They got the heads. What are they doing with the bodies? And I don't know, like all of the weird talk at the dinner table. It just seemed like what's going on here. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how Ice-T was like so oblivious to everything just being said around that table. Stevie question, is this like the same five guys every month, let's say? Are they like paying $50,000 a time? Like how is this business structured? This seems like a once a year type deal. Okay. They say once a year at some point. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, That's a lot of years of heads. That's like 20 years. They've been coming there since college, man. I think there was probably some <laughs> triple and quadruple rounds. <laughs> uh, two for one trips. Yeah. Double kill. Some like weaklings. They weren't iced tea level folk. You know what Running I mean? Running riot. <laughs> <laughs> Double kill. (laughs) (laughs) So that montage at the beginning was a year earlier? Yeah, when they were killing the the Vietnam vet from Seinfeld, yeah. When Charles S. (laughs) Dutton is dying, he's like, oh, I'll get healed up and and we'll do this again next year or something. Like We got to bring the bitches, man. (laughs) When he's like in his fever dream about to go out. That's what I'm taking that cue from, Pappy. Brett, can you tell us about that? He's your boy. Uh, one of the better pranks of the movie. We've upgraded from smoking cigs. Now we're booby trapping things. Yeah, it's good. You well, they couldn't have done that earlier because you needed to hear the story that he was a mechanic, right? Because <laughs> that's how he was able to do that really quickly. One of the best. What did he do? I mean, he took some sort of loose wire starter, and- maybe, and put it in the gas tank, maybe. But that doesn't work. But I don't know. I'm. Not technical at all, so... It looks awesome when Charles S. Dutton gets exploded. That whole scene's great. I do like his missing legs. He's like, I'm now I'm five foot nothing. That 2.5... <laughs> that, like... That's, like, 16 frames of the bike exploding with the body slash dummy on it are pretty awesome, too. I thought it looked pretty good. I think is good when he's like, it's time to go to sleep now. And he just uses his two fingers to, like... What's he doing there, like... The jugulars or whatever? Is that what he's going for? I think you cut off blood. Like, to cut off someone's blood supply can kill them faster than air. Right, Brett? You would know about that. I guess. Was Rucker Hauer military? Uh, was, his, was his character military? He's just a student of the human anatomy. <laughs> if he was military, <laughs> he most certainly like gouged his eyes out. I would assume he, he is from his the last... Out? Last couple scenes, there's like a military outfit. Do, we, do outfit. we see Josh? Do we know he didn't? Yes. What do you mean? He Why pinches would he his that? neck and he gurgles It's a death. real quick way to do it. <laughs> but Mikey, are the military outfits? I couldn't tell. It's like he's changing his identity. Either. Is that yeah. like his previous identity that he had changed or is that what he was? I really couldn't tell what was going on there. And and to be a to, to choose to be a priest <laughs> was such an odd choice. With only one suitcase that's filled with an og, I don't know. <laughs> I also like he knows that that mascara is like only gonna last until he showers, right? That's putting like mascara or whatever, yeah, or eyeliner on his eyes. He's not fooling anybody, Brett. He's in Sin City, you know, and he's Cardinal Rourke. This Rourke. Yeah. So I'd like to see him as like 
they kind of cast him because they saw him with promise in this like priestly role for a couple minutes here. <laughs> this is a spiritual sequel to surviving the game. He does have some spiritual stuff. Like when he thinks he kills Ice T, he's like, Forgive me, Father. Yeah. And that's when I took that screenshot of him. Isn't just- that the only time he said that though? Like I was thinking the same thing as like that's a weird thing that he hasn't really been spiritual the whole time, I feel like. They should have tied that in at the beginning, in that initial interview somehow. I don't know. Like, he does toy with Ice-T, because right before Rucker Howard dies, he could have killed Ice-T, but he keeps the game going and just shoots out. He just loves the game. For the love of the game. When he shoots the tire instead of him. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says something like, keep it going, and he takes it crosshairs off Ice-T's back and like moves it to the tire and Ice-T still flips over a log. Is his job like to be the Sherpa and let someone else finish off the person? Because I think in that flashback at the beginning of the movie he's I think he's the guy that maybe wounds that poor man and then somebody else shoots like the harpoon arrow through him. <laughs> like, and probably someone else like came up and squeezed the last bit of life out of him. Just to like, <laughs> that's just how I picture that going down. John C. McGinley getting up there to get the assist. Exactly. <laughs> We've seen House of the Dragon, Stevie. It's how hunting's done. You know, you want you want your king to have a good time. Your guests you want him to feel like he did enough. That's mm-hmm. all. You, that's all you really want. Uh, anything of note, Stevie, for you when the the, the wolves die? By that I mean Wolf Senior and Wolf Junior. The, the kid just goes out like a little bitch. His screams insane. And I Murray. F. Murray's scream after Boyo goes off the tree is one of my favorite parts this entire it's movie. It's so bad, though. It's like, so bad. Good. It's so unhinged. I'm like, you're such a good actor. How could he do that? Help! I'm slipping! Yeah! Don't let go, Derek! Help! I'm slipping! F. Murray wanted a new house in Malibu. He got it from this movie, right? Yeah. His scream and his like turning to not being mad at I like to not being mad at Rucker Howard, but to be mad at Ice T was just magnifico writing. Just mm-hmm. brilliant. Because yeah. the problem is at any point you can just shoot Rucker Howard and then that would any be point, the, end of the movie. So any point. Wait, what are you being sarcastic, Stevie? You're hard to read sometimes. Yeah. What are you getting at? Yes. Yes. Dude, F. Murray's a shit actor in this movie. <laughs> Is that why you hate Amadeus? Do you just not like F. Murray? I just think it's a very long and drawn out movie, Amadeus is, but I do love F. Murray quite a bit. And he's in like one of my favorite shows right now called White Lotus, and he's hysterical in it. He's he has great comedic timing, but like in the way that like his his scream is edited as well, and just I, I don't know what this movie is some of the time, and F. Murray has a lot to do with it. I was kind of wondering who, what dirt uh, Ernest Dickerson or whatever his name is had on these great actors to get them <laughs> to do this movie. Yeah, it just seems like all of the budget went to a lot of the paychecks, not uh, to like maybe the stunts or the CGI yeah, or, or even falling. like the heads. Like you could have done something really oh, the heads cool look so, the heads. so bad. What? Because just for the simple fact that like in the short story, like there's animal heads on the walls everywhere, like covered head to toe, you know, from floor to ceiling, like where these like animal heads are, you could have done something really cool with that. Like with the human heads or even human bodies. And instead we got like, 
I don't even know what to describe it as. Not very cool. I don't know what your problem is with it. I just didn't like how they were sitting on a shelf, all right? I thought they could have been displayed in a very cool way. Remind me of Futurama, the Nixon head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how they have one for Mason ready to go, mm-hmm. just sitting there with his name on it. Like they took it and, to an uh, engraver. What's your name before we get going here? Uh, <laughs> and you don't have any family. Quick, Mason? No family at all, right? No last name. Gotcha. Ice-T's like, why are you bringing this pig in a jar with my name on it? (laughs) Formaldehyde. Brett, did you like the final showdown between Rucker Hauer and Ice-T? I mean, like, there's two, I guess there's two final showdowns. There's one in Oregon and there's one later. Let's talk about the one later because you know more about guns. Is that true? Could I stuff a cigarette in a gun and it would explode? In Rucker Hauer's head. I don't, I don't know about a cigarette, but like, I don't know. The thing I always heard when I was growing up was if that someone's ever pointing a gun at you, if you stick your finger in the barrel, it'll blow up. Now, your finger will blow up too, but you'll live, I guess. I, I mean, yeah, I, you don't want, because that's got to go somewhere. It, it's going at a really, it's an explosion in that gun. So if it can't get through there, it's got to go to like the least. You know, the quickest way out of there, like lightning, I guess. It's going to come back out. So, yes, I think so, but I, I don't know if it'd be that dramatic, but maybe. It's going to go out your foot. <laughs> like like lightning, yes. Like lightning, exactly. That's exactly what I meant. It would have been cool to see his head blow up or something. They didn't mm-hmm. have the budget, Mikey. I know, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you guys spend a lot of money on these great actors, and you don't got a lot of money for these effects. The gun question that I really want to know is if nine shotgun shells could blow up a tree. I don't oh, know that was it could. insane. That was... Oh. Uh, I mean, Explain it's not what a cannon. Explain what happens, Brett. Incredible is what that was. Yeah, Brother Brian wants to know what actually happens in the movie, Brett. Come on. So there's this tree. He's to a dead end, and there's a tree. Uh, no, there's a cliff, and he can't get there. He's got to go. So he, he takes his shotgun that he got from Dr. Cox, and he, I don't, I don't remember if he puts seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. A shotgun like that probably has like seven or eight capacity, and he puts three more in. So, and he basically cuts a tree down with a with a twelve gauge shotgun, four four gauge shotgun maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Not Denver. any tree. It was, a, it was like a fucking redwood. It was huge. <laughs> Dude, that would be so fucking hilarious if lumberjacks use shotguns. <laughs> Dude, why doesn't he save like one bullet? Yeah, so yeah. he can kill he himself. He's a fucking one. idiot. What is kick the tree way down? To use the last of your shotgun shells. But all of it was just for a prank. Like it wasn't even. He didn't even need to cross he the didn't gorge. Even cross. It's just that we can throw rocks at them. It's just hijinks, bro. Classic hijinks. (laughs) The plan is to throw rocks, and he's sacrificing nine bullets. I thought thought somehow he was going to like, oh, he's going to knock the whole tree off while they're all crossing. That's pretty smart. But no, he just chucks one rock, misses, (laughs) and then prays to God that someone falls off. Like he, the, The stupid idiot kid falls off because Rucker Hauer shoots near his head and like, scares him and he lets go of the tree i did have a question for you mikey going back to the gun that explodes is that because i remember i told you about that earlier to remember is that good setup and payoff or is that oh brother this guy stinks uh (laughs) um i mean 
Yeah, you could see it from a mile away. It's like there's so much attention drawn to it at the time. Yeah, it's, yeah, so much is. It's a little. I, the, see, there's great acting in this when these guys want to do it, but then some lines they just I don't know, kind of. They're here for a paycheck, I guess. Isn't that kind of directing? I don't. I think it makes the movie fun, though. I mean, I like how cheesy this movie is. I, I'm I'm gonna say yes to this movie. This is a fun movie. Does anybody else hate how the how the ending like ends in the city? Mm-hmm. I despise it. I didn't like the plane thing either. Leading up to it, that was not a great. How does it happen in the short story, Pap? I haven't read it in 25 years. Well, it's interesting too because you guys were saying how they don't you don't like how they're kind of cheating in the short story. It's like he gives them three days to survive. But Mm -hmm. the dude's pretty, like, cheap about it. Like, on day two, he starts using his dog, and he doesn't catch him. And then, like, day three, he's like, all right, I'm going to bring out all my dogs. And so, the I forget the guy's name, but he doubles back and kills him in his bed or whatever. Isn't he a count? Something like that. He's, like, Russian or something. Oh, the czar, right? He's a czar. He worked for the czar back in the glory days or something like that. I feel like he had, like, a big, like, mindless assistant. Like a giant, yeah. Yeah, like a big, giant Igor, exactly. How many pages is this story? It's just, like, 20, 40 pages. It's, like, 12 pages. I I listened to it. It was 40 minutes on YouTube. I listened to it this morning just for fun. Yeah, which, it's good. I got a, a great piece of trivia, I think, whether it's true or not, but... Uh, screenwriter Eric Burt later expressed regret about killing off Doc Hawkins so early, and if given a chance to go back and change things, he would have killed off Wolf Sr., F. Murray, first, and have Hawkins take over the role of father figure for Wolf Jr. That's really good. It's so much better. It is speculated, <laughs> it is speculated that Abraham's Oscar win guaranteed him to be more to be more the prolific character in the movie at Busey's expense. <laughs> That's one hundred percent true. I think you're gonna kill anybody. Kill, kill the kid first. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Gary Busey's character's name is Doc Hawkins, and I didn't know that until just now <laughs> when you said it. In my head, he was Gary Busey <laughs> the whole movie. <laughs> Let's just recap the deaths super quick. So Gary Busey uh, died in the explosion. Doctor Cox gets shot right in the brain by Rucker Hauer. Charles S. Dutton blew up on the ATV. Uh, Wolf Jr. fell off the tree. Wolf Sr. got his neck snapped. I felt kind of, I don't know, that one's kind of weird because it's like... That's dumb. Ice-T hasn't killed it's anybody lazy. up to that point. Yeah, and it's not a cool Dude, kill. It, breaking someone's neck is not It's not easy. I, 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 from everything I've ever heard, in a, malnu- a malnourished homeless person just snapping someone's neck like that, I don't know. I thought that was, like, whoever said lazy, I think that was lazy. Okay, but it's... Like it's, it's grabbing F a Mur- stick and sticking it in his brain would have been better. It's F. Murray. I think that's an easily that's snappable uh, neck. <laughs> He's got a snappable <laughs> neck. Yeah, that's true. There's the one shot in there, too, that's freaking crazy. Like, when F. Murray... Well, first of all, F. Murray Abraham's looking for Ice-T, and he goes, I don't have a gun, and then he starts blasting everywhere. Instantly. <laughs> so, anyways... Right away, it's so with funny. The gun. <laughs> that made me laugh, actually. He didn't even wait, like, a half a second. <laughs> And there's like three frames of just Ice T's face right before like he starts punching him or whatever. It's really weird. Like there's no other shot in the movie <laughs> like it. It's like a super quick cut of Ice T just appearing. Stevie, hmm. I feel like you'd be on the same page as me, but I thought that scene would have been cooler if actually Rutger Hauer and uh F. Murray were the ones like fighting and like 
Rutger was just trying to like finish him off because he was like sick of his shit. Didn't he seem like pretty capable of that? (laughs) It makes way more sense to have F. Murray almost killing um, our our, uh, IC's character Mason and having Rucker Hauer like kill him so the game can like keep extending. Like that makes way more sense than just like lazily nap snack. I just, I really don't like that next snap at all. What do you think Mm -hmm. makes more sense? If like F Murray has the upper hand on Mason and oh, Rucker Howard kills F Murray yeah, yeah, to yeah. can like extend the game even more. Cause he's clearly can kill him a million times, but he just he's obsessed with the game. You know when Rutger gives him that advice, F Murray, like, hey, be a fucking hunter, be quiet. It would have been cool if he's like he does follow that advice and has and like F Murray has ice tea like in his scope on his pistol. Like he's about to blast him. And then from out of nowhere, yeah. like Rutger just like slits his throat quickly. That's great. I wish during that if like Rutger Hauer was watching and he sees and he goes, F Murray's got the upper hand now. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the upper hand. And yeah, we, we talked about Rutger Hauer's death. So I mean that, it, the movie ends abruptly. Really quickly. Steve, was there anything else that you wanted to say about that last little bit? I mean, you said you didn't like that it ended in Seattle. I really don't like how it ended in the city. Like, And also, not just the like, fact that it ended in the city, but it didn't seem like Rucker Hauer was like in a place of like comfort during this time. I mean, he's like changing his look. He's like going through disguises, carrying a gun in a briefcase. Like, if Ice-T had like killed him while he was comfortable, cool. Makes a little more sense. But if you're going to, like, kill him when he's uncomfortable, at least make it out in his own domain out in the wilderness, like what he's been doing for years. I really wish you'd have killed him out in the wilderness and out in the city. Having it three days later is insane, too. Like, it just just doesn't make sense. Feels like years, doesn't it? How could he have gotten there? How did he get back? There's no way. He's still got to get out of the woods. He has no idea how to get out of these woods. Do you guys want to hear the taglines for this movie? Yeah. There's There's five of them. Jack Mason knows he's going to die someday. Wait, his name's Jack? That's terrible. Unless that's the guy's name in the book. I don't know. Do they call him that at any point? No, they call him Mason. Yeah. That's a video game character name. Okay. Jack Mason knows he's going to die someday, but today he's not in the mood. Oh, God. That's good. How far will you go to stay alive? That sucks, too. It's really bad. Rules are simple. Kill or be killed. Better. Other one? Hmm. The ultimate manhunt. Gosh. And the last one, <laughs> the thrill is the kill. Oh, what? Probably my favorite. That's, that's, yeah, it's yeah. the best one, probably. How did they not go, don't wound what you can't kill? How did they not do that? It's the most obvious one. How about if it bleeds, you can kill it? I like something from Gary Busey. It, like something like succumb to your animal instinct. Ooh, I like that. Yes, Ooh. that's a good one. Any other final thoughts for surviving the game? There's a quick flash of a green screen on the YouTube cut. And I actually have the exact <laughs> time code of it because I paused it at uh, 5541. Um, but if you take a screenshot right. of it on YouTube, it like you can't do that. It just shows up blank. So I can't. I don't have proof. Yeah, they do that now. It's crazy that they block QuickTime from taking a screenshot of YouTube for a movie. I can't believe that's possible. Apple TV does the same thing and so does HBO. Oof. That's why I took a picture of uh, Rutger Hauer from my phone when I sent that to you. But anyway, <laughs> there's a flash of a, 
of a green screen uh, for at least a frame or two on the YouTube cut of this movie. What's going on during that? Because I just went through what I'm looking at. Uh, it's I think John C. McGinley. Someone like hands someone like something in their hand, and then it's like a hard cut. But between that, there's like this flat. And I rewound it like four times. It wasn't like I glitched. Yeah, I don't see it on the Amazon cut. It's weird. Or what version? Mikey, do you see it? Watching it on my illegal stream site. Uh, I didn't see anything on it. Go to fifty-five um, forty. Oh, you said I thought you said fifty-four. Okay. 55. Oh, yeah, he hands him a thing, but I don't I don't see it. Okay. Um so it's more like a Stevie question, but it's for Stevie and uh Mikey. If you had unlimited piano wire, razor wire, fish hooks, and bear traps, how much time would the collector need out in the woods to turn this battle against the hunters? Four minutes. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> I was thinking six hours, but okay. <laughs> Four this minutes. This is a, uh, an hour 36 movie. It could get cut down to about a solid 59 minutes. If the collector's <laughs> on the case. Uh, no, he'd put fish hooks in all their food. I mean, they wouldn't even make it to bed. They'd all be dead. Oh, but I was laughing. You, someone said pranks earlier, and I started thinking, oh, the collector. Oh. Let's kick it to yes or no's then. Uh, we'll go reverse order, Eastus to Weestus. Uh, for Derbs, again, thank you, Derbs. Great great pick, by the way. However this turns out, this is a fun movie to watch and to talk about. But Brett, go ahead. Yeah, so actually, funnily enough, uh, best friend Drew owned this DVD in college. And he used to talk about it all the time, how much he loved it. And we never watched it. And he said, <laughs> I can't believe we never watched it. It would have been such a fun movie to watch. I saw um, it. because when he read the shirt, when he read the short story, you're okay. You're better friends than him. Okay, we got you win. Um, <laughs> he said when he read the story in high school, he said, "Man, this would make a great movie." And he said, "Little did I know." Um, yeah, this is a solid. Yes, this is really fun. I mean, it's the best kind of cheese. And actually, Stevie mentioned it, and I didn't even think about it. Like you mentioned, this era in movies, like the mid '90s, were like. The comedies and the action movies were unbelievable. Like, all my favorite action movies, like The Rock, Con Air, all those types of action movies, and, like, all the Jim Carrey comedies and even some of the Adam Sandlers, like, all were in this time. This is a really good time for movies. Um, I mean, maybe not looking back, they weren't the best movies, but they were really fun. And this goes right in there with it to me. I This cast is insane, and I thought Ice-T was, was, I don't know, cool enough, so... Um, definitely a solid yes for me. It was really fun. Yeah, I'll go next, or I'm next, Isis. Pappy, again, thank you, Derbs, for the pick. We love having you as a Patreon. We love that you send us messages, too. We love going back and forth uh, with you, so appreciate all of those. Um, yeah, definite yes. It's weird because I feel like we talk about this on every episode now, but it's almost like, I don't know if I felt like I was in good hands, but I knew exactly like what kind of movie I was watching right away and that was just nice this time around and it's way over the top it's way ridiculous i don't even know if i'd call it a good movie because there are like i don't know there's just some like pretty big problems with the production of it and like like was said on this podcast it feels like a lot of the budget went to the stars most of whom are really good but this is just a fun fucking movie to watch i love the source material i mean just like nostalgically 
like from high school and like even listening to it this morning I'm like man this is such a good fucking short story but i i don't know it's just a fun movie with a over-the-top cast and i think like we said a million times but this is Busey. i don't know to me this is like Busey at the height of his powers i'm not saying it's peak Busey, but his monologue is like legit legit good in this movie and then his over-the-topness is just so fun to watch the rest of the time so definite solid yes I don't think Busey gets the credit he deserves for being a pretty good actor. Like, he obviously lost his mind, but he's, he, he does a few things really well. Mm-hmm. This is Josh from Goshen. I think I'm next. I think there's something about Gary Busey and how he is slightly unhinged that, and just who he is that lends himself to just being good on screen. Like, there's just something to it, and I can't quite describe it, but... This movie, super hard, yes. Pappy said it, but it's just so fun to watch. Um, and yeah, The Most Dangerous Game. I remember reading that in eighth grade, Mr. Freeze class. And <laughs> it was just one of those times where you, you'll remember back like things that you read or listen to or just experience that really make you contemplate like death and like the really fucked up of humankind. And I feel like this is one of those like really um, informative moments <laughs> reading the most dangerous game when I was young. So it's fun to see it on screen and not so serious all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, huge yes, Vigo style. Really quick, Stevie, before you go, I guess there was a version of the most dangerous game that came out this year to scathing horrible reviews. So it's probably it's really? the most dangerous game. They called it the most dangerous game. How lazy can you be? Well, who say to Ice Cube? Nobody. I feel like that's like a pretty free to use IP. I don't know. I feel like there's yeah. a version <laughs> made every year. I feel like it's like if you have to read it in high school, it becomes part of the public domain. Like anyone can make <laughs> yeah. anyone can make To Kill a Mockingbird anytime they want. Uh, Stevie, go ahead. Um. Yeah. This is a wild ride. This is such a yes for me. Um. I personally think the 70s is like the greatest decade of film there will ever be, probably because a lot of that probably has to do with the Hayes Code. But the 90s is my favorite decade of film, and this falls right into what I love about it. With like moody jazz music, <laughs> movies moving at breakneck speed, things that don't make perfect sense, but you love it anyway, stuff that could have been done that wasn't done, budget going to the wrong places. And let's not forget how amazing the studio system was in the 90s when there was always two similar movies coming out back to back. Oh, yeah, I could (laughs) name so many of them. This and Hard Target, I fuck you not, came out six months apart. Jean-Claude Van Damme's Hard Target, Ice-T's Surviving the Game, back to back. And you get that with like Armageddon and Deep Impact. You can do it with a million movies. Uh, Dante's Peak and Volcano go on and on in the 90s and that's the shit i love um for you know a movie that you know what you're gonna get i was highly entertained i'm not for certain Mm -hmm. but i think john c mcginley was just doing lines of coke in between takes that man (laughs) was ready to go uh hard yes um just want to say you know thank you so much to our patron for picking this because i enjoyed the fuck out of watching this movie for the first time since I was like 10. So thank you. Love you, Derbs. 
John C. McGinley was young, dumb, and full of cum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mikey? Uh, this is a definite hard, hard yes. Thank you, Derbs, for choosing this movie. I have heard of it, but I've never seen it. And seeing it for the first time, what a ride. What a thrill uh, it is to watch Surviving the Game and then uh, to come talk about it. Because um, it is just like kind of... Just about everything I had heard about it. Just way over the top, a lot of great actors in it, and just pretty low budget, but still pretty entertaining. And I, it just flew by. Granted, it's only like 96 minutes, uh, and that is also a, a big factor in my enjoyment of it, but it, it just flies by because, like Stevie said, it's running at a clip the entire time, and the all of the new characters that we meet at once, uh, it really just kind of like pushes the movie forward and it, it just kind of takes off from there. So it's a lot of fun to watch and you get to see a lot of like actors doing, acting like crazy people uh, that you don't, <laughs> don't normally get to see them act like. So it's fun. And uh, yeah, I just had a lot of fun watching it. So thanks Derbs. Um, I like Stevie said, the nineties, the 90s movies, I, it, this is like The Rock, almost. It's like a B-level movie of The Rock. So it's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, talk about a distinct era. Like, the 90s really mm-hmm. was its own fucking thing. Yeah, this is like Broken Arrow, if you've ever seen that. <laughs> Broken Arrow. That's amazing. Yeah. Preserve pick, surviving the game. Thank you once again, Derbs. We can't say thank you enough. If you want to request... An episode. Spoiler Man will tell you how to do that in a second. But first, we have a quick game. There's been a lot of trivia pushback lately amongst the spoilers ranks. So I tried to mix it up. Um, this is going to be a team-based game. I took the liberty of putting you on teams. The teams are Stevie and Mikey. Let's go. Our team versus Josh and Brett. Let's go. You may remember <laughs> this from previous trivia extravaganzas, but I have a quick round of... What's that game called? We have to get someone to guess the word. Uh, password. Not password. The, the I'm joking. Pyramid. You know, you describe the word to someone. A ghost. Yeah, yeah. We're Paper. Playing, snow. A ghost. We're playing that game. Whatever it's called. Not categories. You know what I mean. But like, yeah, password. Yeah. We call it spoilers. Guess the word. So I have two categories. There's words and movies. So you'll each take a turn giving. Whichever team gets the most right wins. I'll set the timer for a minute and a half. So it'll go really fast both times. Stevie, Mikey, we'll start with you. Which one of you wants to do the words? Give the words. And which one's, which one of you wants to give the movies? What a category. Wor- words. <laughs> words. That really narrows it down. <laughs> I'll give you a clue too. <laughs> You can put spoilers in front of both. Spoilers movies and spoilers words for both these categories. Spoilers words. Like staunchers. I'll give the clues. Mike can guess. For, okay. For, okay. for words? For movies. For movies? movies. Okay. okay. Mikey, I'm going to send you the list of words. Super quick. You can describe any of these. Wait, I thought you said the point. list of movies. Wait, what? Yeah. Mikey's giving words, right? I'm, no, the movies. No, I'm giving movies. Oh. Gosh. Well, we're going to do both. I didn't look at it. Okay. Mikey or Stevie, movies. Someone's giving the words and someone's guessing the movies, right? 
Mikey, we'll just take this one round at a time. So Stevie's going to give the clues for these movies to Mikey, right? That's yeah. A, okay. yeah, I'll give clues for these movies, yep. Okay. Set the timer for... Do I have to go in this order? No, you can go in any order. But you can't say any of the titles of the movies. Okay. How, how much time do I get? I think a minute 30. Does that sound fair? Now that you can see the list. I mean, it'll be one, the same two, for... One, two, three, four, five, five six, seven, eight. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. All We're right. good. A minute 30. On your mark. Get set. Go. Uh, Stephen King movie where a guy kills everybody in the car at the end. The Mist. Uh, Isker Isaac plays Bob Dylan. Coen Brothers. Uh, 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 he, has a, he has a cat, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I know. Uh, pa- uh, pass, pass. All right, pass. Minnesota Murder, Coen Brothers. Oh, um, uh, Fargo. Uh, sequel to the movie that we say guys playing pranks all the time. <laughs> the Collector 2. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <sighs> Uh, a bone collector. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, Michael Fassbender plays Harry Hole in Norway. He's a de- he's a detective. Oh God. Uh, Forty five seconds left. Snow snowman. Yes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> submarine. Alec Baldwin. Uh, the Hunt for uh, Red October. Exactly. Um, Eddie Murphy plays a dragon in this Disney movie. He's a dragon. Um, uh, oh, uh, Mulan. Exactly. Um, King Payman uh, enters a kid oh, in this uh, movie. Um, uh, it's uh, <laughs> oh, shit. It's uh, next uh, one. Alien eats Reese's Pieces. E.T. Um, James Franco plays a Florida Florida dirtbag rapper. Oh, uh, on a college holiday. That's time. Oh, shit. It's a good clue. Florida Damn. movie. Did we get five. What we get five. Map? Spring Breakers. Spring, Spring Breakers. breakers. Yeah. Inside, Inside Lou and Davis. The collection. The collection. You guys got you one. So two, close. Four, what was the six. What was the pedophilia? Yeah. King Payment. King Payment. How is that pedophilia? <laughs> you said he enters a kid. Yeah, he's a demon. He enters a kid. I'm, I'm just joking. What's the movie called? Hereditary. Hereditary. All right. Oh. Stevie, Mikey, you have six. Josh, Brett, same same to you. Do you want the movies or the words and who's going to give and who's going to receive? Josh, what do you think? Uh, are we going to do this again but flip? Yeah. I'm going to be way better at giving the words, Brett, so maybe let's... Yeah. Why don't you give the words first and then okay. we'll flip it. Okay. So sp- All right. Spoilers, movies... Words. Are, gonna be sent over Are you to sending it to me? Words. Sorry, Spoilers Words. Okay, Spoilers Words. We're going to be sent over to Brett via our sophisticated chat technology. Let's go, Brett. Oh, these are the movies? No, you. Josh said words. I did say words. Oh, crap. Okay. I got it. Got <laughs> it. Okay. You got it? So you see the words? You can go yep. anywhere. You just can't say any of those words. Gotcha. Right. Ready? Yep. Set. Go. Uh, Vin Diesel, this is the most important thing to him in Fast and Furious. Family. What does uh, Jordan call boobs? Bags. <laughs> uh, Blitzer. Huh? <laughs> I get that. Uh, Ice-T <laughs> talked to one in this movie. He, uh, the father and the son, this is her last name. Blank Blitzer. He's a political you commentator. can't do that. I don't. I, skip not? it. Skip it. It's I don't know. Time. I don't know. Uh, you're. Uh, 
Everyone, you guys hate this guy for some reason. Alexander Hamilton. He sells watch. He sells watches, and he likes <laughs> Alex Cooper. <laughs> yeah, uh, October. Uh, it's this type of spoilers we do. Spooky. Everyone's favorite pizza in Elkhart. Volcanoes. Sweet. Uh, heat. What kind of episodes do you get if you if you lose trivia? Punishments. Punishment. Opposite of hard. Soft? What? Yeah, opposite of no. Soft, yes. Yes. If everyone says no to a movie, it is... Spoiled. What? That's it. Did I get that last one? Blitzer, uh, it's a dog, but not a dog, but uh, it's cousin. I'm not getting that, man. It's an animal. (laughs) Dog? It's an animal. It's It's an animal, like a dog, but it's a cousin. It's meaner, it's bigger. What if Brett would have said, you think these weigh 13,000 pounds? Okay. (laughs) Josh watches CNN 24 hours a day. How does he not know who Wolf Blitzer is? Dude, okay, I do know. (laughs) But we did pretty pretty well. We did pretty well. Good job, Josh. That was nine, so I'm going to give... Brett thinks I just be. like stan every single like CNN host that's ever <laughs> lived. <laughs> just like following them all on Twitter and stuff. Good job, Brett. Mike, you God, did well. But like literally, we talked about wolves this whole episode. I was like, the father and the son in this movie were wolf. Anyway, you did you killed it. Good job. You're down Is Mikey three. doing words now? Yeah, spoilers, words. <laughs> you got get the gist, right. Mikey? Alright. Mm-hmm. You good? Mm-hmm. On your mark, get set, go. The Vigo scale is based on what? Hard, yes? Uh, no, what, what body part? What's his anatomy? What? Dong? Yep. What are <laughs> you playing right now? Trivia? Yep. Uh, what does a lord need? <laughs> Medicine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's a movie that Josh picked where nothing happened at all? What? Los Enchiladas? But you know, there's just one Count of these. It. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Enchilada. Okay. Okay. Uh, what happened to Aragon? Um, he died. But how? He fell. <laughs> no way. Uh, who? <laughs> who? Do, what's the uh, common phrase we call all of the people that are <laughs> uh, right-wing weirdos? Staunchers. Uh, of course. Yeah. Um, Count it. What is the collector poll? Pranks. <laughs> yep. Uh, and on the Vigo scale, good is what? Hard yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of. He says it. Yeah. Um, the opposite of yes? No. Hard no? Yep. Hard? And what yeah. is uh, uh, when we all agree that it's a good movie? Preserved. Yes. Whoa, with nine seconds to spare. It's all 16. That was fun. Good job, Mikey. All right, this but is. They got ten, right? This is a, that was a timer. Yeah. So there. I'm excited to hear Josh describe movies. So this is this is for so the we game. Get seven. Seven to win. To tie. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Seven really to tie. For yeah. This. Seven to tie. Eight to win. Uh, now I'm saying. Why do you care if I lose? <laughs> Josh, the list of movies. So I'm saying I ought to be very careful. Okay. Josh, the list of movies. I don't see it yet. Okay. You ready, Josh? Yeah. Okay. On your mark. Get set, go. Corey's favorite b- movie he always brings up from the 90s, Brothers. Boondock Saints? No, earlier 90s, Young Brothers that 
they don't use karate. Come on, man. There's not oh one God. or two of them. There's not four of them. There's oh, not- three ninjas. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, this movie has. That's perfect. Uh, oh, uh, we're gonna skip that one. Uh, traffic's fine. Uh, lock. Yes. Uh, this one is like a Stevie pick, and it has a dude that kills so many people in prison. Um, it's not the first one either. It's kind of obscure. Oh, uh, the, the the raid. Oak, yes, but two. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, we talked about this. Is this movie that we just covered has a lot of parallels to Alien? It's an alien that comes to Earth and he fi- he kills everyone. Predator. Yes. Uh, this is the Prince movie we covered. Purple Rain. Yes. This is the Jim Carrey movie, the first one that he uh, Andy. Animals. Jim and Andy. Animals. Animals. Ace Ventura. Yes. What? Ace Ventura what? Pet Detective. Yes, this is the one uh, Ryan Reynolds' like first comedy. Uh, uh, everyone else hated it. Van Wilder. Yes. Van th- Wilder. This is the one with <laughs> Peter Mann, Ron Livingston. Uh, Office Space. Yes, this is the one with Damn. Matthew McConaughey where he's on the beach and he's not real. Oh, hey, we won, baby. Good job. We got that eight. was super exciting. Got I can't good. believe it took me I can't believe three. I struggled so much with three ninjas. Like, dude, I'm so glad I skipped Southland Tales because I could really go down a rabbit Ooh. hole trying to describe that fucking movie. This is where he's floating in the air talking about Jesus. That would have taken not off north minute thirty. Not water. <laughs> I thought he meant TMNT. That's who I thought. That's he was what I thought about. at first. Mm. Oh. No, oh, yeah. it's okay. so, well, like a said lot of brother-based martial arts movies. So you said tough. not karate, so I was like, "Kung Fu." That's fine. Yeah, it's not so. your fault. That was it was a good round, Brett. Very good round. Well played by both. Came down to the wire. Ooh, good I job, we were good job. Off to the beginning. Josh and Brett, you that was are freaking co- fun. By the way, Pat, that's a trivia we need to do again. Co-winners yeah, cool. of trivia. You take it to Spider-Man. And if you want to do, a, we've been doing some hot takes too. I don't know if you have a hot take, um, but either way, yeah. Close us out here of Derb's Patreon requested episode. Oh, you're not going to make them hunt each other? I thought that's what this was. I thought (laughs) thought we were going to turn on each other in the last one. I mean, I did have one more question if you guys wanted to fight. I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to share? I got to get going. Okay, share the title. We've had a long day. Brett, I got a final thought, and then then will you toss it? Yeah. If you want a quick moment of comedy, go to the movie where Ice-T is throwing rocks at the people crawling across the logs. (laughs) Uh, The way he pops out and the way he's just framed, it's just so freaking funny. Great stuff. I thought you were going to bring up Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) (laughs) What? Take it away, (laughs) spoiler man. (laughs) Good timing, Brett. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. I came in my fucking pants. Brother Brian. I refer to that as my birthmark. Druid King. I named him Prince Henry Stout. Nick. Boom, boom. The Meg. <laughs> David. I love that dog. Nurse Stacy. I love that dog. The Wolf. Ow, ow, ow. More than anything in the world, I love that dog. Barky 420. He was on me like flies on shit. Davey Kerr. 
We're going hunting. Total movie recall. He's not yelping. He's not Biden. PK. I want have the blood off. I like it. Spencer. My dad says, welcome to manhood. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. That was Spoilers.